This episode is brought to you by freedadcourse.com. You are always one conversation away from changing your life, and the power of hello is something that I subscribe to every single day, and I'm always saying hello to new people everywhere I go. Increasing your opportunity, increasing your connection, and getting access to the solutions to the problems that you are facing, whether you're on active duty or just beginning your veteran transition or even transitioning out for 20 years. On the other side of hello are the solutions that you're looking for. Again, head on over to freedadcourse.com. Get your five-episode audio course to create more connection, create more friendships, and get back to living the life that you're trying to design. I'll never forget when I was PCSing to Okinawa. We are on the regular freedom flight from Seattle to Okinawa, but it had to make an all-important pit stop in South Korea, and particularly at Osan Air Force Base. Now, never been to South Korea, never been to Osan Air Force Base, never even knew this Air Force Base existed, but you know you're landing in Korea when you land on the runway and you look on the side along the runway and you see missile batteries pointed north. Now, I would go back to Korea four more times for deployments, but this was my first initial awakening to what was really going on. Now that I got your full attention, I want to remind you that Blue Star community is having their annual survey. Go ahead and head over to militaryveterandad.com forward slash Blue Star survey to fill out that survey. This is how they organize all of the resources and focus their efforts on what the military community needs to move the needle forward. Again, military veterandad.com forward slash blue star survey. And they would greatly appreciate you jumping in, filling that survey out and letting you know what you need to help within your community. Fire team Delta, dad's coming home. Welcome to the Military Veteran Dad Podcast, where it is our mission to bring every dad home. I am your host, Ben Colloy. I'm a United States Marine veteran, husband, and a father. We will bring authentic conversations to inspire action in your life so we can close the gap between the dad you are today and the dad you want to be tomorrow. This is the Military Veteran Dad Podcast. Welcome back, guys. This is episode 122. This is Monday. This is your official welcome to the week where this is, as always, your way to set the intention for what is about to come. For today's episode, we travel all the way to the other side of the Canadian border, and we travel to someone that serves in the Canadian Army as an officer. He's still on active duty. He still supports his family, and he's almost getting ready to get out, but his story about how he's been preparing for it over the last 10 years is one that I think a lot of veterans need to hear and that a lot of veterans need to understand that it's not something you just wake up one day and you decide to leave and everything's going to be okay, that you have this nice umbrella within the military to truly figure out what you're going to do on the other side. He's a fellow podcast host. He has an amazing podcast. And as always, if you want to hear my big takeaway of this episode, hang on to the other side. And I'm also going to drop a big, big question that popped on my heart, and I'm going to drop it and see what happens. So hang on to the other side. I got a big question, and you'll get my big takeaway for what this episode meant to me. So without further ado, let's get started with Scott McCarthy. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. I am excited for this conversation because we've been doing life together in the Dad's Edge Alliance to, for a, quite a while now, and we've been watching each other, and now we got a chance to have a conversation about what we've both been up to. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your family, and what you're up to right now. That's, yeah, it took way too long for the show to happen, let's be honest. Uh, Amen. <laughs> uh, so a little bit about myself. So I'm Canadian, first off, so hopefully half of your listeners didn't just drop out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still I'm still serving Canadian Army. 
but on the side, I, I got a couple of different side gigs going. So I do uh, leadership coaching and my own podcast there, Moving Forward Leadership, as well as I recently started you know, promoting podcasting. So I have my own course on that, which I recently released too, and how to podcast for your business, start one and stuff like this. My family, so my wife, uh, Julie, of uh, 15 years, almost 16 years now, is a serving member as well, Canadian Army as well. And we got two boys. Uh, Ethan, who's five and five and a half, and Benjamin, uh, who's five or not five, two and two and change. So I love that be, name, by the way. Yeah, yeah, a solid name. I, just after you, dude. Just after <laughs> you. I said the first person's name who pops in my mind. I'm going to name my son after him, and Ben Kilroy just came there. <laughs> well, who named? Who did you name him after? Was there a moment? We just like we kind of like the name. No, we just like the name. Uh, we wanted something. You know, we we like uh, traditional names. And stuff like this, and uh, we didn't want to go crazy. And Benjamin just stuck to top of the list. Uh, something a little bit more complex than Ethan. Ethan's my oldest. Super simple name, uh, but we call him. We call him. I ben. was named after some TV show that had a Ben. I don't remember the name of the show because it wasn't something that I remember. But everybody, every ad- older adult that I tell that story to, like, oh yeah, it was this show, but. It's never left an imprint that I remember the name of the show. <laughs> we did. We never did uh, first names after people. We did uh, middle names after people. So Ethan is named after um, my wife's uncle who passed away young, uh, who she was really close to. And then uh, Ben is named after both my brother and grandfather who have exactly the same name. So, so I want to go to a moment when you realized that fatherhood was harder than you originally thought. <laughs> so as as you asked me that question i have a memory popped in my head that's uh, the best kind of story that we want to hear the first <laughs> one that pops in uh so this is probably around 20 let me think here now probably around 20 yeah around 2017 ethan was two and change my wife um uh, was in residency. Uh, so she had completed medical school and then was in the residency program going through that. So that effectively meant I was basically a single dad. <laughs> and on top of that, uh, I was officer commanding of a squadron of 200. And I remember one day, uh, Julie was away on placement somewhere. I can't remember exactly where I got a phone call. Ethan was super sick, had to come out of the daycare. So, and there was chaos brewing. I forget some, some problem, and I had to leave work. So I said to my 2IC, I'm like, listen, uh, going home, I got to you know, pick up Ethan. Uh, you know, I'll have my phone. I'll bring my laptop with me. I'll try to get him down for a nap. And then we'll, we'll hammer this out type thing, whatever problem we were having at the time. And it was a pretty big problem. So do that, get home, uh, get on the phone with my 2IC. We're talking. I'm standing in my, in my, uh, in my kitchen. I'm trying to juggle these priorities, solve this problem. Ethan just stands there, he walks in the kitchen, stands there, looks at me and pukes all over the floor. And I just go, I'll call you back. <laughs> and I'm like cleaning up this pew all over my kitchen floor. My two, my one and what, my 18 month old is just like completely dead. I'm just like, this sucks. <laughs> so yeah, that was definitely like, this sucks. This is not easy trying to juggle all these things at once. What kind of thoughts did you have that were going through in your head at that moment? You know, it was just like, uh, I think at that time it was just like, work and wait. My two ICs, Eric, is super capable. Leave that there. I said, I'll call you back. I don't think I ever did call him back. And 
<laughs> end up fixing whatever the problem was. And I'm like wiping up puke off the floor. He's like in a super crabby mood because he's sick. And I was just like, you know, this is this is tough. But at the same time, it's like, well, this is what I signed up for. So suck it up, get on with it. Because there's nothing you can do about it, about it anymore, right? You know, it's it's kind of one of those things you're you're kind of committed once you have a kid. There's no like return policy, right? There is no return policy, but it's the I think the dichotomy with being in the military as a military dad is you feel highly capable when you're in that uniform, and you feel like an idiot when you just put on the dad uniform, and you're like you you feel helpless to the, what's going on, and you feel incapable of dealing with what life's. And it just kind of like creates a seesaw effect of you go to work, you know exactly how to win the day and you come home and you're like, man, I just don't know how to do this. Uh, I think that's even exponentially worse for me or guys like me who are, you know, officers, senior, senior officers, commanders and all that stuff, because you have this team that's around you, advising you, providing you advice, doing, you know, you, you make decisions, people go out, do the work that, that you set out for them and all this stuff. So you get really a high from that, and then you come home, and it's like, "Hey, clean up your mess." Now you can't tell me to do squat. Like, <laughs> so it, it's even exponentially worse. I feel like for me, especially at that moment, because like I'm trying to solve this problem, and then you know, there's puke all over the floor. I'm still in my uniform because I haven't had time to change out of it after I got home. So I'm wiping up all that crap, uh, it, you know, in my cat, what we call cat pat, and yeah, you're, you're just like rocked to the bottom you're just like yep and there's humility kicking you right in square in the head so how many years ago that was it sounds like if i know the math it sounds like it was four years yeah it's about four years ago now yep if you could go back in time and leave yourself a sticky note of what that dad needed to hear then that you know now what do you think that dad needed to hear back then in that day uh you will laugh at this in four years time (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> right? be telling the story not, in a podcast about it and laughing about right, it at the same time. exactly right you will podcast about this you'll laugh it'll be okay uh that that's probably what i just needed to hear but at the time like stress was high right you know as i said i was basically living the life of a single dad i was in command of 200 people whose lives were i was re- essentially responsible for um I was doing my own thing uh, in the evenings with my own, starting off my own podcast and all this stuff. So a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, really, 18 months, do you have the ropes? Hell no. Uh, I got a five and a half year old now. Do I have the ropes? Hell no. You're always learning and the situation's always different. So it's just a matter of getting into the groove of understanding that and really, you know, embracing it. It took me a long time as, as a new dad to embrace even fatherhood and, you know, making that connection. It took me a long time. I felt like, so yeah. What I hear in that is, and something that I even just did a podcast episode on my podcast about it is taking yourself too seriously and being too stuffy that like the one quality that serves you in the military does not serve you in fatherhood. Like you need to laugh at when shit hits the fan. You need to laugh at your own mistakes and just laugh at like, is this really what fatherhood is about? And be like, yeah, this is what fatherhood's about. Kids all asking daddy at the same time. And just like, there's those moments where you just feel like the house is metaphorically burning down and you're like, yep, this is what it is. This is fatherhood. And you like not being so caught up in trying to control it. Like what we sometimes feel at work. Uh, totally, man. And like a couple, I think a week ago or so, uh, I put a post up on Facebook. Uh, I remember I was in our master suite folding laundry. My two-year-old was losing 
his mind, I mean, full toddler meltdown, kicking, screaming at the top of his lungs because he couldn't go and watch his older brother take a poop in the bathroom. <laughs> and that was life ending. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, for all you out there who don't have kids, this is what's currently right now going on in my house. And, just like, and you can't yes, make it, it up, but then you're just like, uh, the, the part that I kind of use to bring humor to it or like just kind of bring humility to it is, 10 years now, they're going to be asking how to date girls. And you're like, you know what? It was just so much easier when they were fighting to see each other poop in the bathroom. And keeping that perspectiveness and lightness to it, that like whatever is stressing me out today, 10 years from now, I'll be like, you know what? It was just easier. And my daughter would be like, can you wipe me? And that was the only thing I had to worry about. Or I've been in podcast interviews and my daughter has been like, can you wipe me? And I'm like, Ugh. but then I'm just saying like, there's going to be a later down the road, she's going to be asking how to drive. And I'm like, God, what I wouldn't trade for when it was just, can you wipe me? Like, that was the only thing she felt helpless on. Now she's trying to figure out how to move an automobile and she potentially get hit. Like, the it's it's this ever-changing view of life, but we don't often, like, bring the humility to it. Like, yeah, this is just a season we're in and don't take it so serious because you're going to wish the season came back and when life gets harder and the seasons get harder. Yeah, this too shall pass, right? So, no, totally agree with you, man. So you've got a lot going on now, and it's not natural for many veterans and active duty people to really think about the other side of transition. Like there is a good group of people that do. So I'm curious, where did you first get this idea that your time in the military will end and I should do something about it before it ends? Because that's not a normal thought that a lot of people have. I I, I think uh, I, I'm normally not a fan of big backstory, but I think this one actually even solidified the point. So I enrolled into the Canadian Forces under the regular officer training plan uh, through the Royal Military College of Canada, so like your equivalent to West Point, uh, and got a degree in military history. <laughs> so going through that, and then at one point, you know, I got married, we had kids. Well, even before we had kids, I realized that at one point, I'm like, I'm not going to spend my entire life in the Army, and I have a military history degree. I was going to ask you, what do you do with a degree like that on the other side? Like, I'm right. thinking, like, other right. than just figuring out and working for a think tank that works for Department of Defense, like, I don't know what else you would do. Right. So, you know, you, you just pointed the key flaw on that was that it was, you know, it's effectively almost useless, right? You can make some arguments for it, but, yeah. You know. So, anyway, long story short, I ended up doing an MBA on my own time because that would obviously be much more useful in real life. And um, when I deployed, I deployed to Kandahar, Afghanistan on a different type of mission. So I spent seven months embedded with the Afghan National Army as a, as a mentor. So part of the operational mentoring and liaison team, uh, day in, day out, living, you know, working with the Afghans. And I came home and like, man, this whole mentoring, coaching thing was was pretty cool. And, our, you know, Quasi-ironically, they had posted me to our training center. So I spent four years teaching junior, brand new officers, how to be transport officers like me and all this stuff. So I'm like, I like this. Fast forward, as I said, my wife was going through residency and I was like, finished the MBA, single dad. I'm like, what am I going to do with myself at home alone? I'm not the type that will sit there and watch Netflix you know, all day, put a hockey game on much all canes are playing. You'll probably, you'll definitely get my attention, but that's about it. Right. So I'm like, I need something to focus my time. I'm like, well, let's try this 
podcasting thing because I was interested in podcasts. I was listening to a bunch like, let's try this out. And I had this huge, you know, love for leadership stuff. And I just started doing it. And as I did it more and more, I started realizing once you start doing something, you start looking at it in a different lens, right? So it's kind of like a hockey, you know, watching a hockey game is totally different than being on the ice of hockey and playing the game and seeing it from that lens and that angle. So once I started podcasting, I looked at a different, different angle and started looking at all the shows I listened to. I'm like, wait, now there's something here. And I started putting more of it pieces together and realized, I'm like, one, I'm not going to be in the army forever. Two, uh, I'm going to need something after I get out. Like, I'm not going to be able to retire fully and just, you know, call it quits and enjoy the rest of my life. Because up here, it's 25 years and you hit your first pension point. Well, I'm going to be 43. That's five years from now. I'm going to be 43 years old. I'm no way in hell am I going to fully retire at 43. It's just way too young and I need stuff to do because I'll just go nuts. So I started putting all these different pieces together and realized I'm like, here's something here. And it also solves one of the major issues that, you know, military listeners that are going to fully understand is that when you go in the army or the military, no matter what service, especially at the young age, like I did at 18, you disappear to the real world. You, you, you just disappear. All your friends are military friends now. You live at the base. You work at the base. You move every so often. Your friends are all over the country, no longer. Your country, world, well, you know, whatever, right? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I was like, the biggest problem when you, when in talking to um, my NCOs and junior officers who were transitioning from military and civilian life is like getting a job's hard because no one knows you. Well, what if I start working on that? 10 years before I even decided to get out. So that's what I did. I started the podcast and a leadership-based podcast where I interviewed and I stayed, I not completely stayed away, but I've made a deliberate effort to stay away from just military guests. Yes, I've had ex-military guests on the show. I had former Navy SEALs, former Canadian military, et cetera, et cetera, just because of their message or whatever. But I would say 80% of my guests have been civilian. Why? just so that I suddenly become known to the world and getting my name known and stuff like this. And like, it's been great. I've made so many connections now and I've literally had people, we finished, you know, stop recording. I'm not trying to gloat or anything. This is a true story, but they've said, when you're done, shoot me an email. We likely have a job for you. <laughs> I'm just like, what? What? Excuse me? Did it just happen? That's not what yeah, the, yeah. Says. Or yeah, the transitions we, program tell you how the life works. Right. You know, we've talked for an hour and you're ready to bring me in on your team. Right. So there's, that's basically the whole premise of how the, all that happens. Like, you know, I got to think about life after. And well, they say, as they say, you know, the best time to start anything was like 20 years ago. And the second best time is now. Well, I said 10 years ago, man. Basically, it, well, no, it's been five and a half years now since I started uh, the show. Uh, but f- no, four and a half since I started the show. And it's going to go for 10 years and up to the 10-year point. And it's going to set me up for success for the day I say, okay, it's time for me to move on. What I love about that, what I hear is that it validates what I often talk to listeners about that. A one conversation can change your life and a podcast starting a podcast is a great way to just increase the serendipity at the likelihood that a single conversation that you create that you record and then get to share with the world could change your life forever. 
But then what I also like is you recognized early on that you could predict the future, which most people feel like uh, you really can't. You're just like a victim to whatever life happens, especially in the military. Unless you don't really feel in control because you're not in control of your life. You're told where to go. So the idea that you could actually control your future is kind of foreign. And I love what you talked about when you joined the military and what you what you were looking for, or what you did, because I talk about that. People talk about the second transition of getting out, but they really need to go back to the first one. Why did I join? What were my goals? What were my objectives? Did I reach those objectives? Do I need to pivot? And you realize you needed to pivot. And I, any, any time I see like a recruit or someone just joining, I always say like, your transition out starts on day one because at any moment it could be over from a health or the military could just say, we don't need you anymore. And you're, you need to be ready. And the military is going to expose you to thoughts and views and people that continue to reveal what's possible and the more times you witness this and the more times you see what's possible in all these different categories, you then understand deeper of where you fit into the world. And that's exactly sounds like what you did. And your leadership story is very similar to mine, because when I dropped out of college in 2014 for not being good at electrical engineering, I was like, what do I do now? And I went to a stupid seminar for making the transition from staff to supervisor. And this guy was talking about leadership. And I kept raising my hand and I was like, I know these answers. Just civilian world didn't trust me to run the copier, let alone lead anybody. So I was like, I learned all this in the Marine Corps. I just forgotten it. And I forgot that I was good at it and I loved doing it. And that's really what sparked my journey on leadership and then kind of diving in and now leading fathers and helping them and even just like self-leadership of how like that's my kind of like my end result of all that leadership journey is I then relearned how to lead myself like that people don't follow you because you got great ideas. They follow you because you lead yourself in a way that's worth following and they want to know how you do it. And that's really where like at the core of leadership and my understanding of it now is it's all about how you lead yourself. And that's what really can shape and change how people follow you and influence around you. And I loved how you're preparing to make that a bigger and deeper impact on the other side. Like, yes, I know it's happening. And like the moment that cliff comes, like this bird's ready to soar. I've been building a 747 on the ground for the last seven years and all I got to do is power up the engines and we're going to go from 10,000 feet to 30 and never look back. Yeah. I think uh, one of the biggest things that kills me as a senior officer, when I have members in front of me that are releasing and I asked the question on their exit interview, I'm like, so what's your plan? I don't know. I'll, I'll find a job. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Wrong answer. Right. And it just it drives me nuts. I'm like, no, you have to think about this. You have to follow through. Yes, you can find a job. Anybody can find a job if you're motivated enough. Like, sure, go to Tim Hortons or Walmart or whatever. But really, is that where you want to end up? Maybe it is. Okay, kudos to you. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm not here to judge. But it's a matter of having that question and truly saying, you know, asking the question so that the reflection occurs. And I remember one uh, one senior NCO. Um, and I'm going to be completely honest and vulnerable. It actually backfired on me once. Uh, so I had one senior NCO who had who had that plan, had everything, and I fast-tracked his release. And he ended up didn't, didn't get out, but he felt like he was being pushed out. I'm like, no, you took this the wrong way, man. I was here supporting you because you had a plan. You had uh, extremely valid reasons to get out. You have the time in. You you know you've hit the pension point, et cetera, et cetera. You're like all those checks that I look for when someone says, "Hey, I'm getting out," they're all there. That equals time is now. For whatever reason, you, you talked to someone and decided time wasn't now. 
and I wasn't here pushing you out. It was just a matter of you're reading this the wrong way. But anyway, I digress to say it kills me though when when people show up and they go, yeah, I'll figure it out. I'm like, take the time now, figure it out, figure it out five years before. That's why we have these seminars and these programs and the Canadian forces that enable you to take a couple of days off and figure out what the heck you're going to do after. Luckily for me, it just kind of, you know, the clouds kind of just slowly dissipated and I, I saw the way forward for me. And, this and the army gave you those different opportunities to see a deeper version of yourself. And you were able to see it and hear what the military gave you with those training opportunities. And you're like, you know, what? I really like doing this. I think I could do it better and I could do even more if I focused on it. Because so many times we are so focused on having the blinders on that we can't see where the universe is showing up and actually saying like, you're really good at this. You should like the, I always joke, like the universe calling you, you're going to let it go to voicemail. And it sounds like that guy did let it go to voicemail. Like the universe is calling you and telling you, you're ready to go do bigger things. You let it go to voicemail and hide out in the military where you've got everything taken care of for you. And you're still afraid to go out on the other side and be an adult. Like at the, at, at the core of like, that's what I hear when someone chooses to, maybe they have a good reason to get more security, but at the, usually at the core of it, they're really honest. It's they're not ready to really grow up and they've, they're used to that comfort zone. And it's that dichotomy between are you going to be comfortable the rest of your life or are you going to go out there and figure out why you're meant to be here? And it's that choice that we wake up to every day. Are you going to go out there and do what you put on this earth to do or are you just going to go back to being mediocre? Yeah, no, I totally agree. So, yeah, man. And you also reminded me of a story that I've just been tapping into. It's almost, I've, I don't know the full ending of it or how it's all shaped in my life, but I realized when I graduated boot camp, the act of acting like a Marine was pretty easy. I was a man of honor. I was a man of courage and a man of commitment. And those, doing those things really was easy for me. I, I just had to keep my word, show up, not keep my head down, not be like anything like the big giant rock star of any types of ego kind of mindset. But almost to like, as I was reflecting back, like it was a, it was easy to do those things, but it was different to be those things. And while the Marine Corps gave me the ability to do those things, I never really be those things because like I had to believe in myself in order to do them. And I would say almost 15 years later, I finally figured out what it meant to be a Marine because that's like something from the inside out. That's not something that you just do at your work. And that's the crutch of what I also hear in a lot of your stories is it, the military is so easy just to get focused on the work. Cause no one's going to call you out on it. You're doing something noble. You're serving your country. It's generally looked at like, yeah, you're doing an important job that someone has to do. But because men have been told and wired for decades now that you need to find purpose and work, and this is where you're meant to go and just keep your head down. Don't do anything really exciting. We often don't question, is this where I'm supposed to go? Am I meant to do something bigger? I can do something bigger. The only thing stopping me is me. Yeah. And that's when you get into a lot of uh, imposter syndrome, right? And, and honestly, I, I felt that for the longest time. I felt like that uh, as a podcaster for a long time. I didn't even promote my own show, my own personal media, my social media. Like people are like, you have a podcast? I'm like, yeah. How long? Uh, two and a half years. You've been podcasting for two and a half years? This stuff's great. And, and that is, I think, I think the problem is a bit that we end up having this, uh, you know, alter ego that we get when we join, right? You know, the uni you put the uniform on, you become that person that people look at you and you're taught that in boot camp, right? You're stripped right down. You put the uniform on, you will be this way. You will act this way. You will think this way, blah, 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 blah. And you forget a bit about who you are uh, before you showed up. 
And I'm not saying that's wrong. That's absolutely, absolutely right for what the forces needs. Um, but along the way, as you grow up inside you, the forces, the military, uh, you do become a bit of yourself, you know, individual within the structure and you can let that out. And, but then it suddenly becomes, well, are you good enough? What are people going to think? And especially for my case, where it's something so sensitive as leadership, which a lot of senior officers out there, a lot of senior members out there take to heart and like, who are you to, to be talking about this? You're only such and such a rank. Uh, you you think you know better than me. I'm a full colonel. Wisdom is something or, you're issued when you get promoted. Like it's something right. that like, yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. A second lieutenant now. I'm, I've, I've got all this more wisdom than all the other people that haven't done it yet. And I was like, yeah. no, I mean, you can, a, a colonel can have less wisdom than a first lieutenant. Like, it's not how the world works. Right. But that's not necessarily how people th you think, think of it. Right. And, yeah. you know, so that really like put it, put it into the imposter syndrome, but now I got no issues. I'm like, no, I bring this up. I, I talk about it at work all the time uh, and I bring the, you know, the issues forward and like, Hey, are we looking at it from such and such an angle? Uh, you know, such and such an author wrote about this and this is what they say. Well, how do you know that? Well, because I interview them face to face in my podcast and they're like, you podcast interview? I'm like, yeah, I do a leadership interview podcast and I've talked to about 150 different experts across the world on all kinds of different subjects. And people are just kind of look, you know, they, it, they do a double take and they're like, wow, okay, you are, you're doing something different. But it's getting past that imposter syndrome. I think it's just a matter of taking that leap of faith and seeing what people have to say. Because I tell you, like my friends have been so supportive, and some are like some of my you know super fans, right? And they're like promoting my stuff because they're like, no, this is actually great stuff. And the reality is, this is what the world needs to hear right now, and not something else. So, so you mentioned before we hit record that you rebranded your podcast, and as a man that's has a podcast and goes through all the self-talk that you've gone through. I'm interested to hear the answer to this question. What new thought did you have to believe to be true in order for you to have the courage to rebrand it? And you also mentioned that you really didn't feel like you were a good podcaster until you like episode 80. So I'm really curious, what new belief did you have to believe and choose to believe that allowed you to like go deeper into this idea of leadership? So, yeah. Um, so let's hit the episode 80 thing first. Uh, not that I didn't feel like I was a good podcaster up until episode eight. I didn't feel like um, my show really had a, that focus that I was looking for when I was thinking of a podcast. So, you know, back to go back to the start of the story, like the show started as a hobby. It was literally something for me to do at nighttime. And then suddenly I started saying, okay, this could be something else to expand my exposure. Well, that was a minor pivot. Oh, I can actually build a business around this major pivot, right? As a podcaster, you get what I'm saying. So at that point, it was just, I called it moving forward leadership. And as just the time, and the essence behind moving forward leadership was the moving forward aspect of continuous improvement. And that was kind of what I was going at. The first part was just, you know, improving myself as a leader, improving anyone else who was going to listen as the leader. But as the show progressed, we started talking a lot about peak performance and I developed, I came to a realization around episode 80 of three. I was like, I'm talking in these three different groups of topics around leadership. And I ended up calling them my three domains of leadership, i.e. And those are leading yourself. So becoming the best leader possible, 
leading your team to create those high performing teams and then leading your organization, i.e. the institution of, of it and, you know, achieving the highest output possible. As I delved harder into those three domains and solidified myself in those three domains, what I realized I was actually interviewing and talking about was peak performance and achieving peak performance in those three domains. So it just, at one point, clarity came to me. It's like the show of the name, is the name of the show, sorry, is no longer reflective of the content that's being delivered. And the reality is peak performance leadership truly speaks to what I talk about now on a, you know, twice a week basis of hitting peak performance, both yourself as yourself, the leader, your team, making those high performing teams, and then having a high functioning organization. So that was kind of how all that went down. Um, having the courage to do so, you know, yeah, it was, um, it took a little bit, uh, you know, I won't lie. I was like hummed and hawed, but I realized like there's other shows out there that have done this before. There are other shows out there that I listen to that have changed their name. Their companies rebrand themselves on a daily basis. Why can't I? I'm no different. I'm no better. I'm no worse than them. So if they can do it, I can do it. How do I do it right? Okay, well, let's let's set it up for success. So do a bit of research. Boom, did my research, made my plan, executed on the plan. Sounds very army-ish, I know, but that's essentially what I did. And uh, you know, it, overall, it's been well received, and a lot of my contacts, like um, contacts with like publicists and different authors and stuff, are like, "Yes, you're like, wow, this is awesome. I love the I love the direction and the name and all this stuff." Had a little focus group throughout throughout um, the idea to focus group came back with peak performance of leadership and sent that to a couple key people who I trust. And they came back saying, yes, that's awesome. So, all right, you know, validate it. All right, let's roll with it. So another question to go deeper into that. Was that something the universe was trying to tell you as you look back with a clear lens now and you weren't able to hear it or see it, what it was telling you within the example of how your life unfolded? I think it was just a natural progression, right? Of just... Uh, you know, yeah, just natural progression as I got deeper into the space, more ingrained, you know, more into uh, setting myself up with the podcast, with my business, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think it just was the natural progression along the along the along the way. Uh, if I stayed hobby, would I be considered peak performance leadership? Probably not. I think. Uh, I think I would just not have cared and just kept going, right? But if I stayed hobby, I wouldn't have the setup that you're seeing right now. It'd be a lot of I wouldn't probably wouldn't even be on your show to be honest, because uh, I'm taking it from a completely different new lens now in preparing myself for a future, you know, full future business by transitioning for side hustle from side hustle to full business, and that now that plan is now slowly starting to be made too. So. Yeah, so it's a natural progression vice, you know, calling or anything like that. I'm not a huge uh, fate guy or faith guy, to, to be bluntly honest. I believe that uh, we make our path, we forge our path. Uh, opportunities pop up, and we either decide to take them or not. And, and that's ultimately we end up, you know, living with the consequences of those decisions. And those consequences could be good and it could be bad. So that's kind of how I see things. I want to highlight something there that you talked about when you talk to veterans that are on their way out and you've done it in your own story and I've done it in my story is that 
what you have going on in your head needs exercising. And the only way to exercise it is to put words to it. And the only way you can do that is to have conversations. And this is like the crux of the matter because veterans outside of going to work and having a conversation with our coworkers, we're almost inclined not to have conversations because we're afraid of what people might think or judge or just might call us crazy or think we're damaged goods. And so we have all these beliefs that we will prevent us from having conversations, but you can't get clear on where you're supposed to go or what your next thing is or on the other side of transition until you start exercising a lot of your thoughts. And the more you exercise them, the more clear they get, the more shorter they get, all like this conciseness, the clarity towards them. You can't get that while you're just keeping it all in your head. Like there's no way you would come to peak performance thinking about that every day. You could have thought that for the next 50 years and still probably not even got 1% of what you were able to do by starting a podcast and having conversations. And what also I've learned, and this is why I always talk about friendships are so key, friends become the mirror for the value and the clarity that you can't see in your thoughts. Because you say something and you're like, yeah, it sounds pretty normal to me. I say this all the time. And then you meet someone and you're like, whoa, they do a double take on what you said. And you're like, whoa, that must have stuck. And it takes those people to reflect back until I give you those breadcrumbs to where your ideas can go and what you're really able, able to do. And this is what you're talking about when you're like, you create your own path. You have to be able to exercise that to get clear on where that path could even go. And if you don't exercise it, you, you're just walking around in a fog trying to feel out for the walls are and wondering why life isn't working out the way you want it to. Yeah, totally. You, you, you got to take action ultimately, right? You can't just sit back and expect life to happen because it will just go by. And, you know, that works you know, double back to begin a conversation that works in parenthood, parenting too, and fatherhood as well. So you got, you got to be deliberate. You have to take action. Maybe that action is, you know, you know go, take 10 minutes and go play, play with your son or your daughter, or that action is, you know, trying something new and, and putting that fear away. Like, you know, I could have been like, Oh my God, I'm scared. I'm releasing my first episode. Like I won't lie. I don't not want to go back and listen to my first episode, episode one. The <laughs> Right. But without episode one, there was no episode 174, which I just recorded or the, the 100 other bonus episodes, which I don't. Without episode one, there's not those uh, 150 new connections plus that I've made. Without episode one, there's not that side hustle that I currently have. Without episode one, there's not that potential for complete business come retired from army life that I have. So out of all the best episodes that I have recorded, Episode one is the most important because that's the start. That was the start. I have to suck thing. at something. And I always tell people like everybody sucks at podcasting when you start, but you can't get through the sucking phase until you start. And the more times you, the more episodes you publish, the faster you get through it. And you sitting here marinating what your show cover looks like can't get you through that sucking phase. And you're missing out on all that growth. And every day you miss out on it is just a day you can't get back for having more clarity on where you want to go. As an entrepreneur, I love being a professional dreamer. I love just like letting myself like fantasize about making up all these rules of how life can work because we can create our own rules and we're often just living the set of rules that our people gave us when we have like a regular W2 job. So I'm interested on the other side of transition, what do you dream your life to be like as a dad and be able to create family memories? Like what's your perfect 
not sure whether go like weekday or year, but what does your perfect dream look like on the other side of like where you want your life to be set up so that you can value what's important in life? Um, I, I, I think, um, you know, honestly, very something similar to what you have now. And I'm sure you'll say, oh, it's not glamorous and glorious and all this stuff. And yes, I know there, there's a lot of suck, things that suck in being the, the ultimate entrepreneur, i.e. running your own business. But that is ultimately what I, I want. I want to transition from side hustle to full scale business post army life, be able to work from home, have the flexibility to run my own schedule so that if I need to pick up the boys from school, I'll go pick up my boys from school. If I want to spend an afternoon of doing something, well, guess what? I can easily spend that afternoon. I'll just block my schedule off and I can work around making that time up at another time. Uh, so that is what I, what I'm, you know, that's the goal. Now, that being said, um, I started this whole journey to get myself known and all this stuff. So if that doesn't pan out, but something else pops up, like I said, I've gotten job offers after finishing interviews. If I pick up and I, you know, work from home for another company, well, did that not actually solidify, you know, achieve the goal that I set out in the first place? The goal I set out in the first place was get, you know, more known to help my transition once I get out of the army. Okay, congratulate. You know, sorry that my actual own business didn't take off, but I got picked up for somewhere else. That has achieved the goal. You know, did, is it going to give me the complete flexibility? Well, it's up to me to decide if I, I accept what they're offering in comparison to what I'm looking for. And that's Even just, just a having decision. clarity on what you want to fit your life into, like knowing what your your no you know your no negotiables are. Like and just not accepting how life kind of unfolds and oh, this is the only job opportunity I'm going to get because this is the only job in the world. Like that's. I know that's a belief that I felt for a long time and it's just like, that's not true. Like you can dream and go different places and try to create it. But at the same time, like just cause that's, you think how it's going to happen doesn't mean how it's happens. And it, how you know that this isn't the way that it was supposed to go. And you weren't supposed to go this long road to figure out how to be peak performance and then be a professional consultant for Franklin Covey. I mean, like the world can go in any direction when you have that type of mindset and knowledge that you have access to. And it's a, uh, it's a really exciting place to be. And to circle back to your puking analogy, three weeks ago, I woke up and I want to say it was pretty quickly in the morning that my son puked and it was like a Tuesday. And I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those days. And so my wife's a kindergarten teacher. And previously, before Corona, when I had a job, it was always like, okay, who's going to take off? And this kind of like awkward like moment of like, whose job's more important? Who's got more work to do? And this one was like a no-brainer. Yeah, it's me because I'm here. And I got to be here. And my son was, he like puked three or four times in the morning. So we had like the stomach flu. And then he was done. And he was pretty much running around outside by one o'clock. Then Wednesday, no, Thursday come around. Then my daughter started puking in the morning. And she was puking all day long. I was in an interview later in the day. And all I hear is, Daddy, I'm going to puke. And I'm like, I got to go. And running out the door to go grab my daughter to puke. And at that moment, I was like one of the times so she was in the bathroom and I was holding her hair back and she's only four years old. So I like, just helped like it was a very humble moment. And I'm like, today, fatherhood looked like me holding my daughter's hair back while she was puking in the toilet. And I was able to be there in a very time where they're looking for some type of feeling of care and they just you'd want them to feel like they're taken care of. And it was good to not have to choose other people or other people's priorities and just be my own priority there and, and be exactly who I needed to be for my kids in those moments, even though it was ugly and it was messy. And 
Although I didn't have to, I, I guess I did have to clean up puke once on the floor. But other than that, we made it to where we needed to go every time. And like that, while it's pretty disgusting, that's what fatherhood looked like that day. And I was able to create the freedom in my life to be there in the moment that they needed me. I didn't have to choose work over that anymore. Yeah. No, that flexibility, you know, you just, how do you put a value on that? But at the same time, you might want to put a disclaimer on the show. People shouldn't listen to it after reading. <laughs> yeah, true. That you don't want to eat this while you're eating breakfast. Yeah. Uh, but no, back to the point. Like, how do you put a, how do you put a price on that? You know, how much salary money is that flexibility worth? Uh, to be able to just rejig your schedule completely. And not say there's not jobs out there that don't do it, but you know for sure if you're running your own show uh, that you can't do that. That right? you can show up in those moments where that yep. they need you. And like that's like they're the most helpless is when they're sick. And it just felt really good. Like, and that my business was in a place where I was like, yeah, I'm not like super stressed. And I wasn't, I didn't have like a crazy week. So when I mean, it worked out and I was just like, I was really grateful. Even though it really was crazy, but I was really grateful to be there. And like that, I was just, that's what fatherhood looked like. And it was messy and it was frustrating, but man, I know 10 years from now, I'll look back and be like, I am so grateful that I was able to show up in that moment and support my kids and be dad, which is what they needed me being, which is, I want to be a priority in my life now versus all the other things. Absolutely. Cause you know, they're only around for so long and then, then the priorities will change and uh, they won't need dad. But right now let's, uh, uh, you know, make sure their needs are met. That's how is your wife out. getting out as well pretty soon or she's going to stay? In yeah, life? we're both the, uh, so we actually share pretty much a joint vision. Um, so she, her time uh, will be up just after mine uh, when she'll hit 25. So I'll probably stick around until, you know, depending, right. But I'll likely stick around until she's done her 25 and then she'll, she'll, be working from home as well. So her plan is to basically go into virtual medicine and work from home and give herself, even from that standpoint, the flexibility. Even just recognizing how the military gets you ready to work with diverse groups of people, many people don't really value that diversity skill that the military gives you from the moment you get thrown into boot camp for people of all walks of life. And you've got to, even I'm sure the Canadians like, there's probably people that grew up to like told to hate each other. And then boot camp, you're like, oh my God, I was told to hate that guy the entire time. Now I got to figure out how to be a team member with him. And like, it's, uh, it, that's where like the growth happens. Like, that's what I, when you get in those moments of uncomfortableness, as you know, like that's where you really figure out more of who you are. <laughs> <laughs> do you like your little brother? Do you, do you like your little brother? Yeah. Yeah. What do you like about him? He plays this. What don't you like about him? What drives you nuts? Uh, he plays with this. <laughs> All right, go play with your little brother. Okay. All right, bye. <laughs> it's always interesting when you put them on the spot like that. They don't, they like freeze. They're always, they can ask a thousand questions any other time. And then you put yeah, them on the yeah. spot like, I don't know. No, 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 and then act like that. So, yeah. Oh, wow. All right. So a last question for you. What is Shoot. the parting piece of advice that you want to make sure every dad learns from your wisdom and experience of fatherhood and your time? You know, just don't let stuff happen to you. Take control. Be deliberate. Think think ahead. Plan. And, I don't, and don't get me wrong. I don't mean you have to plan every single thing. However, I am you know, I'm a bit of a planner. Um you know, from a you know, lot of aspects of my life, but structure, you know, 
structure provides me freedom uh, in all aspects of my life. So uh, the reason why I'm in shape, good shape is because I count my macros. The reason why I'm financially sound isn't because I'm married to a doctor, but because we follow a budget very closely um, and, you know, structure. But I'm very deliberate in everything. So just following a plan, you know, thinking ahead, just not allowing things to happen to you. Uh, but at the same time, recognize, I guess, recognizing when you can even allow those things just kind of happen, you know, like, oh, you know, the kids are being silly and playing around and, you know, okay, well, you know, let's not just let this, it is both of just letting it happen, but at the same time being deliberate, like, I'm not going to let this, this moment pass, but I'm going to get in there in part of that, you know, un, 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 uh, planned event and take part of it. So the word yeah. I hear in that is uh, mitigating your yeah. the future. Yeah, just, you create just, that plan and you're, you're like, you know, yeah. like things won't go a plan. So you mitigate them and try to just have contingency yeah. plans in your head for what would happen if they don't, don't go the right way. Just don't walk through life and think, okay, it's going to be okay in the end without actually thinking about it and acting towards it, right? That's ultimately mm. what I would say. Well, Scott, if people want to get connected with your podcast, where is the best place to get a whole, connected with your podcast and the work that you do? Uh, so you can find uh, the podcast at movingforwardleadership.com forward slash subscribe. And that is the peak performance leadership podcast, as we talked about. It's on all the platforms. So if you search that, you'll find it. Uh, but that link will give you a subs- you know a easy subscribe button. You just click and pop open your app directly to it. Uh, website movingforwardleadership.com is for my leadership coaching and stuff like this. And if you're a business owner and you're interested in podcasting, and uh, but you haven't started yet, you want to dive in and you don't want to make the three years worth of mistakes that I've made, uh, I have a new resource and that's called Podcasting Free Business. And that's a course that will literally take you from uh, planning your show and all the way to launching it and integrating it with your website and doing your socials. And I teach you how to edit and produce your show so you don't get fleeced by the editors out there, the production guys out there. Uh, and all that. And you can find that at scottmccarthy.co forward slash uh, uh, PFYB as in podcasting for your business. All right. And we'll include a link for all those in the show notes. Thank you, Scott, for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation. Any conversation about leadership, I just, uh, just a little bit of love because of how I said my story began. So thank you for sharing your time today in the podcast. Hey, Ben, thanks for having me on, brother. It's uh, well overdue, but uh, it was well worth the wait. Thank you for listening to today's episode with Scott McCarthy. I hope that episode gave you a depth and a wisdom to understand your transition, understand a different way to approach it, and how you can prepare yourself every day for the process of transitioning. So first, let's get the big question out of the way. So yesterday, I was out walking with my kids, and it hit me that I should ask you, the listeners of this podcast, if you would be interested in me hosting a in-person retreat. So this would be something that would be like two days, probably in like September or October, somewhere probably in Wisconsin. And it would be two days where we would just dive in to your life and help you get clear on where you need to go. This can be figuring out what's really holding you back. This can be figuring out your legacy, figuring out and crafting really where you want your family to go. Figure out how to use the obstacles in your life as actually fuel and propulsion If you figure out how to reignite that flame that you once had in your marriage and understand how you can grow and be 
the best dad that you can be. So if this idea of meeting for two days in September or October is something that you want me to host, if I get 10 people to say yes, I will figure it out. So if you, this sounds like something you want to say yes to, shoot me an email, ben at militaryveterandad.com and just say, I'm in for the retreat. And I'll let you know when I figure it out, but I want you to let me know that this is something that you want me to do. And if it is, I'll make it happen. And the idea already was exciting me when I had it. And so if this helped and got you excited, reach out, Ben, at militaryveterandad.com. Just let me know I'm in for the retreat, quick and simple, and we'll start making it happen and bringing you guys home. So what is my big takeaway of this podcast episode? My big takeaway of this podcast episode is going into the riches of your transition. For me, Scott took what he thought and what he had these initial breadcrumbs from Afghanistan and decided to go deeper into it, started his podcast and start exploring his own thought leadership and understanding how he could use that thought leadership to influence the world and different companies and his own life in new ways. I think what we don't do as veterans very often is we take in our military skills and understanding what are the military skills teach us and how can we repurpose those skills and understand how they can actually enhance the gift of you being you and who you are to the world. To me, that is the big takeaway. You want to be able to understand what did the military do to you? What did the military teach you? And what tools, what did it illuminate within you that you didn't see before when you first came to the military? And how can you grow on that idea? How can you expand on where you need to go in life and creating a vehicle like a podcast to be able to do that? If you want to help starting a podcast, can't help but recommend Scott McCarthy's course. There is a link down in the show notes for that as well. And guys, with that, I'm signing off. We'll be back again on Friday. As always, another Fatherhood Friday. Have an amazing week, and we'll talk soon.